Welcome back. Last time we saw each other, it was Saturday night, and I think we had a good time. And now it's a Monday night, and it's start to, starting to heat up already. Nice spring-like days over here. We're in the low to mid-50s on the regular, unless like some rain comes in. There's still that mid-40s day. The night gets down to the 30s still, but we're, we're crawling out of it. I can see the buds. I can see the trees budding. There's a lot of that going on. And I welcome you here because tonight is going to be uh, the, not only the kickoff of a new week, but I think we have a pretty good topic. I had been building up. I had been building up a bunch of articles that had to do with the environment and uh, certain things going on. Certain people who are proposing certain things. We have some proposals from George Soros who cares very deeply. Not only does he care very deeply about who your local district attorney is, but he also cares very deeply about figuring out a way to refreeze the Arctic Circle. So there's that. There is new uh, proposals for splashing moon dust. Moon dust. Somewhere along that halfway point between the Earth and the Sun, a Lagrange point. We, we learned about that, at least I did, for the first time last year when we read about how uh, some, somebody wanted to, th to put trash bags up into space. Trash bags or packing bubbles or something like that. They wanted to put it up there. They said the size of Brazil. They wanted a, a big plastic barrier the size of Brazil to just float in between us and the sun to save us. Anyway, more of that is going on, but even more so, I want to talk about green technology uh, and its unintended consequences for marine life, other kind of wildlife, but especially marine life tonight because we're getting an uptick of all of these articles of beached whales all over the place, beached dolphins all over the place, and of course the deflective paid shill media. There's a lot of that going on out there. Number of topics, paid shills for every topic, for every cause, every special interest, whatever the hell it is. And this is the one, the paid shills for the wind turbine industry, wanting to get us all off of uh, reliable fuel sources and, and also onto unreliable fuel sources that not only insufficiently power cities and towns and everything else, but they also destroy wildlife, whether it be destroying entire flocks of birds, or in this case, it seems like the biggest thing that these wind turbines do, especially up there in the North Sea, is they disrupt all of the echolocation mechanisms that whales and other marine life have to, you know, avoid things like beaching themselves and essentially killing themselves. So we're going to bring on Jim Lee to talk a little bit about both what is going on with, uh, that front, and then also the craziness with more more attempts to dim the sun. Doesn't that sound fun? Dimming the sun. It's going to be a short show tonight. I'll be getting off around 8.27 p.m. because I have to do the fourth out of five second-to-last session for Book Club, Brave New World with Jay Dyer. That's going to be wonderful. And, uh, and that's it. Tomorrow's another short show because of band practice, but... 
either way, we're having some fun. I want to thank all my sponsors on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv to kick off the week, especially Blue Monster Prep. Get on over there, Blue Monster Prep, and just make sure you got all the essentials. What's the essentials? You need to communicate, you need to eat, you need to drink. You also need to breathe. You also need to be able to set up triage in your house. If anything happens, they got everything from food supplies, water filtration, first aid, you name it. Gas masks, power generation, all solar power, by the way. So you don't have to worry about being shit out of gas. So go check out Pat and Gina on BlueMonsterPrep.com. They would love to hear from you. And I would also like to push over and over again now if there's on the prepping side of things there's a lot of great stuff there just to enhance your your life and your enjoyment of life on the uh on quite frankly tv's affiliates page but also since there's a lot more financial instability there always has been but now we're a lot more conscious of it i would say go and check out wise wolf gold and silver on the affiliates page and uh, get in touch with tony talk about everything you want to buy your first your first roll of you know mercury head dimes or just a couple of rounds uh one ounce silver rounds or you want to talk about rolling some of your retirement into a gold-backed ira which is physical gold not anything not any of that paper crap so go check them out that's all i had to say about that tomorrow night with the short show, we will we are going to continue what we started on Friday night in the second half. Pressure makes diamonds. Times that you accomplish something really remarkable or perspective changing, something that really turned things around for you during a stressful time. We already had a couple of really good submissions on Friday night. And, of course, I went home and kicked myself like I usually do for trying to push too much into one episode said, man, that should have had its own night. Why did I bring that up in a short second half? Idiot. So I'm going to do that with you uh, tomorrow night from start to finish. That's all we're going to do. Maybe I'll even go through the C.S. Lewis thread again just to set the stage. On Wednesday night, Rich Barris is going to be on. That's going to be a great one. I have so much to bring up with him, especially since Trump is now officially on the road. I like monitoring what's going on uh, in the polls, what's going on in people's Heads, and then so many other topics that I've been stockpiling with him. On Thursday night, the 30th, we've got Grace from Really Graceful making her, quite frankly, debut. I cannot wait to talk to her about her work, about life in general, but especially her new book, which we'll jump into. And then on Friday, March 31st, I don't know what we will be doing. And I don't know if I'm taking Monday, April 3rd off, since my birthday is on Sunday, and I kind of don't want to wake up the next day and uh, and do anything. As of right now, I don't. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll either take this Monday off or the Monday after Easter off. But it's birthday week. I kind of like it that it's on a Sunday. It's crazy that it's on a Sunday again. That means seven years have passed. We're close to it. I forget how leap years work. How does that work? That just affects you if you're born in February, right? Okay. So, that's all. G. Edward Griffin is coming back on in April. So is Dr. Albert Taylor. Got a lot of other things happening. All right. Moving on over into the grab bag. Let's get started with this. First one up is from the Daily Caller. 
Washington Post. The poll on the Washington Post inadvertently finds vast majority of trans people aren't really transgender. You don't say. My big question is, what is transgender? Everybody spends so much time talking about or avoiding talking about what women are or are not. Well, why is that? Again, why the vagueness? Why the inability to latch on to something that is real and and put real defined lines around something that should be very easy to define and is easy. It is easy to define. They're just avoiding it. That's because if it is impossible to, to define something like womanhood or manhood, then it will then become a little bit more possible to make all the psychochemical chaos that we talk about with transgender stuff into something that seems almost real enough to touch, but it isn't. Most adults who identify as transgender don't consistently identify as the opposite sex or present themselves as such, according to a Thursday poll from the Washington Post and the Kaiser Family Foundation. Only half of transgender adults actually present as the opposite sex, all or even most of the time, according to the poll. Fewer than half identify as transgender women or men as opposed to non-binary or gender non-conforming. You see, that's what people who like to sit on fences and be part of the crowd is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm non-binary. Oh, I don't know what. I don't know. know, It could be anything. Spicy that way. You just never know. It's just, it's all go along with the crowd nonsense. Along with the, of course, the very heavy layering of propaganda, brainwashing, uh, Bad food, bad water, bad air, bad medicine. We are uh, hormonally being just destroyed. Just destroyed. And as I said on on Friday or whatever the hell it was, remember that there's a lot of people who say, oh, how dare they not be able to to define a woman? Yeah, yeah, that's bad enough as it is. But remember, there's only one sex that 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 completely, that completely disappears. And that is men completely disappears they want all traditional um presentations of manhood and masculinity to go away and it's just a mishmash of a whole bunch of people just feeling just a tad bit girly to full-on girl power from day to day it's always this this weird spectrum of femininity that's what it, that's what that all is because obviously well the person today who's the person today that shot shot up another another shooting Another shooting, we won't be going too much into it, and trust me, the media won't be going too much into it too, because it was a trans-identified transgender person. I forget which way they go. Does it matter? I forget which way they go. In fact, in, in uh, what is it, ABC, Terry Moran blames... It actually goes on out there and and, uh, and starts layering in reasons why this may have happened. Go listen to this. All right, that is Police Chief John Drake of Nashville, who is briefing reporters on the deadly grade school shooting in Nashville at the Covenant School there this morning. Uh, the police confirming uh, six dead, three children, one eight years old, two nine years old. Horrible. And uh, three adults, including Catherine Kuntz, who is the head of the Covenant School. Uh, the police chief uh, also said uh, that the shooter has been identified as 28-year-old female Audrey Hale. He said she's a former student of the school and confirmed that Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. 
So again, I don't know where, where what direction born born female or male and just, you know, doing the the stuff. I don't know what direction, but obviously a person in a great deal of tra- trauma has has been inflicted upon them by society especially. Uh but oh look, listen to this little wrap up over here. Uh it- state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors. Oh, yeah? Oh, thanks for reminding us, Terry. Thanks for reminding us. What is this, a motive, an explanation, a you, you shouldn't have fucked with? This is a, uh, I mean, I, I don't understand what this is all about. Uh, especially this since this, this person, this deranged animal, is 28, not a minor as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. Yeah, let's go into those controversies a little bit, Terry. Not going to do that. Listen, I told you I told you this because, like I said, I'm not going to be touching this uh, for too much longer after tonight because it's, it's going to do its own thing. Uh, depending on where you go, Depending on where you go, they're just, you don't know, you, you can't even get a description of a person anymore. You can't do it. And I think it was last week or the week before, whoever the hell I was talking with, or it could have been talking to myself, we have hit the wall. The transgender stuff has hit the wall. There is going to be less and less attempts at peaceful persuasion to accepting this insanity. Instead, there is going to be more violence from an already obscure, deranged minority, and then you will have the deflective, lukewarm commentary from paid shill enablers on the news and on the For You tab on Twitter. People like JoJo from Jers and uh, and Jeff Tiedrick who think that cursing, motherfucker this, motherfucker that, is a is is a way of of really hammering it home. It's about the fucking guns. You are so pathetic. You are so pathetic, you lush, lush, worthless freaks who get paid to do this stuff. That's right. And the stick figure, that stick figure, David Hogg, is right up there with him. That's right, the stick figure. So that's what I had to put on out there with that. Here's another little something for you. This is from CNN, so you know it's good. Headline. With plan for tactical nukes, in Belarus, Putin is scaring the world to distract from his problems, which again, couldn't be farther from the truth. As always, the fixation on Putin is actually a distraction from our own self-inflicted economic problems, migration problems, false flag terror, like Nord Stream and elsewhere, COVID lockdowns, all of those problems that have resulted from that. And of course, the fact that Ukraine had become the headquarters for all sorts of transnational crime. And they don't want to lose that for a large number of reasons. But um, but yeah, the, the news did break over the weekend or a little bit before the weekend that Vladimir Putin said he had was going to deploy tactical nuclear weapons in Belarus a neighboring ally from which he staged part of his February 2022 invasion of Ukraine. When the Russian president uses the word nuclear, the world pays attention, and that appears to be a major reason why he said it. 
Right, that's why. That's why he said it. No, he's actually preparing. Because you guys are psychos. You're dragging us all to our deaths, potentially. Okay, that's why he said it. Because he may have to do it. Now, and not for nothing, when we saw the Belarus thing, I got in touch with my Baba Vanga friend, who I love talking uh, about prophecies and uh, mystics like Baba Vanga with. And I always ask him, so give me a little bit of a uh, an update here. What, what was Belarus's play in all of this stuff? In this end times scenario that does get hot and does go nuclear. That does leave Russia standing at the end and a lot of other people not standing. That was the vision. That's not me saying it or hoping for it. But um, it was Belarus, Baltics. Germany and I think Romania would be incinerated. That was the vision. Now, is is Belarus incinerated because of their support for for Putin? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows how it all goes down if it goes down at all? But that's just a little bit of CNN for you. Anyway, it's seven fourteen. Let's start this one off. I sent out all of the links for tonight's show across our. Many socials, and I also want to once again welcome our friends, our long-lost friends on Odyssey. We have been streaming on Odyssey since Friday night, and I want to try to find a way to keep it going, even past Thursday when we have YouTube come back, because I, I love Odyssey, I really do, but I just don't, I can't, I can't cast too much more out from this computer without everything getting wonky and starting to buffer, so... Um, for this week, Odyssey has taken YouTube's place, and we'll see what we can do to to supplement that in the in the coming days that we are back at full broadcasting syndication strength. Thank you, one and all. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's enough to get me to the boiling point. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! One night, I don't know when I'll do it. Well, I, I can do this a lot more once I have my home studio set up, getting some things changed, 
Some things are getting changed in my life. Uh, just, just a little bit of rearranging, a little bit of minor adjustments for whatever years we have left over here in New York. And I'm going to be not writing the show on the kitchen table for too much longer. A couple of more months, maybe. But I, I will be able to do so much more on-the-fly broadcasting, especially late night, weekends, if I find myself being the only one awake. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go live. I'm going to do some old-fashioned Total Request Live stuff. You call in like Delilah or something. You're going to call in with Delilah. You're going to tell me something, a little little story and, and a, a song that you want to hear to soothe your soul or to, to dedicate to someone you like. And we're going to play some music, damn it. It's going to be good. Yes. Yes, I can't wait for the nights. It's all coming. It's all coming, don't you worry. All right. Oh, I heard that John Wick 4 is pretty great. I need to see 3 first. Um, Lauren and I, we stalled out, and we forgot to watch 3. We've seen 1 three or four times. And then we saw Part 2 in like the summer of 21. And then we didn't watch 3. we got to watch 3 because i got to watch 4. And then we'll do a, quite frankly... John Wick Marathon on QuiteFrankly.tv. Speaking of awesome, we watched for the Sunday night feature that I put up, all of the Sunday night programming that I curated for last night on QuiteFrankly.tv. The Sunday night feature was Equilibrium. I remembered, I was reminded, I remembered that was what I wanted to put on for a Sunday night, and it was was great. It It was really awesome. Really awesome. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. We all watched it together. A nice little group of us, and it is really nice. So, one more announcement. Tonight, when I get off at around 8.27-ish or so, and I start up book club, there's going to be nothing on Quite Frankly TV until about 9.30 or so, because since YouTube is gone and I can't do a private stream there, I'm testing out the new private stream option on Foxhole, which means that I'm going to be occupying the space uh, that the the network crew would need to launch all that programming. So when I stop the book club session tonight, we will be going live on quitefrankly.tv for the after hours programming around 9.30, 9.45-ish. And around 10 o'clock is when we are going to play the second film in the Daniel Craig Bond series. So we're going to play Quantum of Solace tonight, and I will make sure, I already talked to Cody, that we're going to have a Casino Royale recap film or video before Quantum begins, so you'll be nice and fresh. So we're building on that, because I can't wait till you guys uh, get to see Spectre after all of our Octopus and Promise software talk that we were talking about two weeks ago. But that's what we have going on tonight. So there you have it. That's all I got for you. Good night. Now, here is what I saw, and I started building up all of my material for tonight's show with Jim Lee. He's going to be on with us in a couple of minutes, so i got to make it snappy. The first one here is from January. Net zero will lead to the end of modern civilization, says top scientist. In a recently published science paper, Dr. Wallace Mannheimer 
said it would be the end of modern civilization. Writing about wind and solar power, he argued it would be especially tragic, quote, when not only will this new infrastructure fail, but will cost trillions, trash large portions of the environment, and be entirely unnecessary. The stakes, he added, are enormous. Dr. Mannheimer holds physics PhD from MIT and has a 50-year career in nuclear research, including work at the Plasma Physics Division at the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory. He has published over 150 science papers. In his view, there is certainly no scientific basis for expecting a climate crisis from too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere in the next century or so. He argues that there is no reason why civilization cannot advance using both fossil fuel power and nuclear power, gradually shifting to more nuclear. There is, of course, a growing body of opinion that points out that the emperor has no clothes when it comes to all the fashionable green technologies. Electric cars, wind and solar power, hydrogen, battery storage, heat pumps, all have massive disadvantages and are incapable of replacing existing systems without devastating consequences. We're going to be talking about a lot of those consequences tonight. Mannheimer points out that before fossil fuel became widely used, energy was provided by people and animals. Because so little energy was produced, quote, civilization was a thin veneer atop a vast mountain of human squalor and misery, a veneer maintained by such institutions as slavery, colonialism, and tyranny. This argument hints at why so many rich virtue-signaling celebrities argue not just for net zero, but for real zero with the banning of all fossil fuel use. King Charles said in 2009 that the age of consumerism and convenience was over, although the multi-mansion-owning monarch presumably doesn't, uh, doesn't think such desperate restrictions apply to himself. Mannheimer notes that fossil fuel has extended the benefits of civilization to billions, but its job is not yet complete. Quote, to spread the benefits of modern civilization to the entire human family would require much more energy as well as newer sources, he added. The author noted that emphasis on false climate crisis is becoming a tragedy for modern civilization, which depends on reliable, affordable, and environmentally viable energy. The windmills, he said, solar panels, and backup batteries have none of these qualities. This falsehood has been pushed by what is being termed as a climate industrial complex, compromising or comprising some scientists, most media, industrialists, and legislators. Furthermore, he continues, this grouping has somehow managed to convince many that CO2 in the atmosphere, a gas necessary for life on Earth, one which we exhale with every breath, is an environmental poison. In Mannheim's view, the partnership among self-interested businesses, grandstanding politicians, and alarmist campaigners truly is an unholy alliance. We'll stop right there because I want to put a couple other things up onto the counter over here before we bring on Jim. As far as the fallout goes, these are even newer, more recent articles. This one from March 21st from the New York Post. Eight dolphins die after becoming stranded on Jersey Shore Beach. A pod of eight dolphins died after they became stranded on Jersey Shore Beach Tuesday morning, officials said. Two of the marine mammals died when officials arrived at the Sea Isle City Beach, according to New Jersey Marine Mammal Stranding Center. The six others, whose conditions were rapidly deteriorating, were assisted by veterinarian before a decision was made to euthanize them to prevent further suffering as returning them to the ocean would have only prolonged their inevitable death. But why? 
The bodies of the eight dolphins were transported to a lab for uh, uh, necropsies. The, we share the public sorrow for these beautiful animals and hope that the necropsies will help us understand the reason for their stranding. Last week, a dead dolphin washed up in New Jersey Marina, the sixth deceased one found on the state's shores in less than a month. In addition to the spate of dolphin deaths, 11 whale carcasses have reportedly washed up on the New Jersey, New York coast since early December. And it's not just there, obviously. Here's another one. This one just came in over the weekend. This is from Florida. Massive 3,000-pound whale washes up on Florida beach, dies hours later. A massive whale died despite repeated uh, rescue attempts after it washed up on Flagler Beach, Florida, Fox 35 reported. The whale with an approximate length of 15 feet weighed in about 3,000 pounds. It beached itself multiple times, even as rescuers repeatedly attempted to force the animal back into the ocean. It kept, that's the weird thing about all this, that it kept going back. It keep beaching themselves multiple times. Now, maybe it's just normal. It doesn't sound normal to me. Rescue attempt ultimately failed as the whale passed away before being transported from beach, the beach just after 8.30 p.m. on Friday. Now, digging into this a little bit more, I started saying, well, what is everybody concluding? These are a little bit straightforward, telling you the facts, what's going on. But they're not trying to dig really far deeper than what's going, what's being presented to figure out why. Why are they beaching themselves multiple times? And are we ever, I wonder if they're going to publish what they find out about the dolphins. Why is it that they died? Here is from Arkhamax.com. I get a lot of these things that were popping up at the same time. New Jersey whale deaths have sparked right-wing conspiracy theories. What else? On Facebook. This is from March 15th of this year. They named the whale Windy. Windy was a young humpback whale taken in the prime of her life, read the caption on March 3rd. On a March 3rd post in Facebook group, Protect Our Coast NJ, showing the diseased humpback whale on the beach near Seaside Park. Her grave site is dug. This will be her final resting place. The caption ended with five emojis, prayer hands, whatever. Before long, it had been shared 1.7 thousand times, 1,700 times, with 420 comments. And uh, many traced the whale's death and those nearly two dozen others along the coast of New York and New Jersey since early 2022, December 2022, to work being done in advance of several large-scale wind turbine farms off the Jersey coast. It's a connection scientists and government agencies have dismissed. We are going to see how dismissive we should be of that tonight because the things that I keep digging up are pretty sensational and seems... um, it seems to make a lot of tragic sense, if you ask me. Now, joining us right now is the man behind ClimateViewer.com, a good friend of mine and the show. He is a really highly sought-after man who knows what the hell he's doing. And he is chic-looking tonight. He's got... He's he's looking... He's looking fabu. What's going on, Jim Lee? Hey, quite beautiful. How you been, man? Oh, pretty damn good. How are you? How are you doing, man? I'm doing better than these whales and these dolphins. Well, that's because you're not being inundated with infrasound now, is it? No, no. I'm telling you, dude. Listen, that's okay. So obviously there is a dismissing going on here. 
I found a article from 2018 that was talking about thousands of whale deaths that were happening in the UK because of what they said. Uh, I, I forgot how many how many um, of these these wind turbines they had put in the North Sea, but thousands of whale deaths in the UK, and they're talking directly about echolocation disruption because of how much underwater noise and vibration this creates for the whales. Uh, obviously, any kind of organic uh, entity on this planet is frail enough to get sick and die. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't doubt that some whales wash up disease from from one thing or another. But in this kind of a pattern, tell us a little bit about what you know from your years of research. Well, being that I've been connected to the Matrix for a very long time, I dug deeply, very deeply, and I came across a scientific report from uh, 2021 entitled The Effects of Low-Frequency Noise from Wind Turbines on Heart Rate Variability in Healthy Individuals. And this is not even talking about dolphins. Now, I've had multiple um, emails, phone calls from people who live in close proximity to wind farms over the past 10 years, and everything from sparking uh wells to uh you know people experiencing what was something previously re known, referred to as the taus hum or the hum hmm. um this uh inner ear pressure uh headaches uh sleep um deprivation all of these things and in this scientific paper they 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 highlight this that um, 30 subjects living within a 500 meter radius of wind turbines were recruited for a field study and uh, that they were exposed to 20 to 200 hertz low frequency noise from wind turbines and this was affecting their health. Now you think about frequencies that can actually make it underwater. This is so so everybody understands the terminology here let me be frank with you low frequency noise is stuff you can hear but infrasound is sounds below 20 hertz and infrasound travels through water at extreme distances and could easily disrupt the navigation you know membranes of all marine uh, hell i was reading I, I just was doing quick google scholar searches on the subject they're even talking about these um low frequencies affecting crustaceans everything so yes if you put a bunch of wind turbines off the coast and um you think that it's not going to affect health when there are multiple studies on it affecting human health um yeah, t tell me another lie. It's, uh, you it's know, just, just call a, it a right-wing conspiracy. It's typical that, that the left wing that is willing, yeah. <laughs> that goes on these crusades, in, it's supposedly uh, in the name of saving the environment and saving the planet, would deny anything like this. You you would think that they would be uh, they they would actually be happy to know that all right well maybe what we have isn't ideal but we are finding out that it is definitely more efficient than all this other stuff. And, uh, and and go in the opposite direction, but they're trying to bring us back to TP living, and in the in the process, they're destroying everything. But at the same time, 
you know, it's it. They're not paid to go out and you know protest against you know the beaching of whales caused by infrasound from solar you know or wind farms. Uh, they're not paid to go out and complain about you know solar farms you know and wind farms burning you know or chopping up uh, all the birds uh, because you know they actually they get paid to protest so who's paying for those protests well we're probably going to talk about them in just a few minutes but soros being one of those individuals you know with deep pockets and an inability to speak in public apparently um you you watch you watch the oh, clip? Oh, oh we're gonna watch it together no doubt about oh, it oh my god dude i was dying i was dead i mean i've heard a lot about soros i've heard his name a thousand times I, until you actually hear this moron um bumble worse than joe biden i think he becomes much less scary i think that he's probably surrounded by a cabal of freaking accountants that divvy his money out and he just is like uh, 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 yes well at this point but, he is at this point he is he's like 97 years old at this point ah uh, man the dude's literally running on duracells at this point um but regardless green energy is anything but that one of the one of the scariest things to me about the the whole wind farm idea and and there was a great shot i found it on twitter i should have sent it to you before the show um but this i, I covered this about a year ago and those turbines there they can't they can't be recycled there's nothing they can do with the blades and I don't think people have a, a, a healthy respect for how big these things actually are. Um, we're talking, if you saw a tractor trailer, in some cases, these wind turbine blades would be four to five tractor trailers in length. Okay. They're massive and they're made of concrete. So what do they do with them when they've worn down and they've outlived their usefulness? they're burying them in monstrous um you know landfills and they've got a shot from a satellite you know or a plane possibly but you literally see these wind farm blades like this long and literally less than the size of my pinky nail is like one of those industrial mining front end loaders like pushing and stacking them I mean, it just pales in comparison. And then there's just a sea of blades being buried underground. Um, and then you talk about solar, you talk about any of the green technologies that are out there today. Um, we won't even dig deeply into the, everybody's probably knows by now about the dirty cobalt industry uh, and yeah. lithium and, and all the mining involved. Um, what they don't talk about is the leaching that happens around these types of mines. Anytime you were, it's almost like mountains and 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 hard. Um, the crust of the earth is a storage space for radioactive materials. So it it goes down into the ocean. It gets inducted under the the you know the crust, and then it gets pushed up into mountains where it's nice and tightly stored and then some dumbass comes along and says hey we're gonna mine that thing let's blow the top off the mountain with dynamite and suddenly all the poor you know neighborhoods and miners that live around that mountain 
are drinking radioactive water. The same is true with every single mine in the world. Whenever you you mine these precious metals, um, there's always runoff, there's always leaching, there's always death and destruction. So not only is there the human element of be- these people that are pretty much, you know, slaves. modern day slavery. I mean, it's modern day slavery. You can't put it any other way. My wife wanted to buy an iPhone. She was thinking about getting one for my daughter. I said, no, I'm going to buy a damn Samsung because I know it's made in South Korea, not by slaves in China, period. End of story. Um, and I, and I, hell, I could be wrong about that, but I'm going to look into it and make sure that I'm not buying something made by child slaves or Uyghur slaves in China. So why would I do the same? Oh, well, there's a battery in it, Jim. You're a freaking hypocrite. At the end of the day, we don't have control over all of these things, but the things that we do know, like was pointed out in the article from Zero Hedge, is that this is a scam. This is about bringing everyone to their knees. Not only want you to have a digital dollar, so you can't go out and buy a damn thing without the government knowing about it, but God forbid you have a gasoline-powered car and be able to drive off into the sunset. If you have an electric car, they'll know every time you plug that son of a bitch up. So they want to be able to control every single aspect of your life. This is through digital tracking. This is what the green agenda ESG, SDG, Sustainable Development um, Governance, all all these goals, it's all about just stripping away modern civilization and bringing it to a new technocratic world order where they can track you, they can cut you off at any moment. Yeah, and and you know, um, Jim, where I started, really started coming together for me is when I started reading all the testimonies from people who lived anywhere near these solar farms that would that would the solar uh, energy farms that would pop up somewhere like in Nevada wherever the hell they were that they would set up these big these big areas either in the desert very sunny places and the massive die-offs of migrating birds just to being microwaved yeah. in midair because they're just it's just reflecting so much heat off of these uh, that was incredible that learning about the 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 turbines and what it does to birds there too but the plight of marine life by wind technology that baffled me and um so it just made me wonder what other hidden horrors are baked into these green solutions and you know the other thing here too man you were talking about before you even started talking about uh, um animals you were talking about human disruption if this is what's happening to marine life is how if that's being affected by anything that is going to affect us as well, whether it be particles in the air, different methods of green power generation, power generation in general, electromagnetic frequencies emitted by all types of services and devices. It's crazy now over here, Jim. I'm, I'm hearing commercials on the radio and on television sometimes in New York that are outright saying that the, uh, the, the likelihood of, of you having cancer at some time in your life is now one in two. I, I mean, what, I, it, how is that? Why is that in any doubt? Um, it's just incredible. DNA, the, the, a, great, a great paper I read. DNA is a fractal antenna, and at, at, at the most basic, fundamental, smallest denominator of your body, the DNA itself is a helical antenna. 
and all of your nerves are an antenna. You are a freaking antenna. Every thought you have is an electrical transmission. Every hormone produced in your body is produced because of an electrical transmission. Why is it any surprise that people are complaining about 5G, about, for me, I'm I'm electro hypersensitive, so, I don't have Wi-Fi in my house. When it's on, I control when it's on and when it's off and how long it happens. Um, it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen briefly and it's never gonna happen while we're sleeping because it disrupts your sleep cycle. In fact, in laboratories, if they wanna induce diabetes in a lab rat, they'll set them next to a damn Wi-Fi. Just a Wi-Fi signal, 802.11g, look it up. And that is enough energy to create diabetes in a rat. That's because we not only, as Maxwell said back in the day, it is not beyond the realm of belief that we not only receive, but we also send electromagnetic signals via our nervous system. So it has been proven that our heart gives off an electromagnetic pulse. That's why when somebody sneaks up behind you, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. We are all in tune with this electrical universe. Whether you know it or not, the Schumann resonance of our planet, which is a 7.83 Hertz signal produced by solar winds in the ionosphere, it is believed that we grew a nervous system because of this phenomenon. So why is it a surprise that um, introducing artificial electromagnetic waves, bad resonations, that that's going to affect your human health? Of course it is. The only solution, because I want to I want to be clear with people, fear porn is useless if you don't have a solution. Um, and it is a scary world out there. I get called by targeted individuals all the time and I ask them the same question. Do you have a cell phone? Do you, do you leave it on at night? Is it next to your bed? Do you have Wi-Fi? Do you leave it on at night? After I go through my 20 point questionnaire, I tell them the same thing. You're suffering from EMF poisoning. The solution is cut it off at night, go outside, take your shoes off and ground yourself and grounding earthing look these terms up but that's why so many people are getting cancer because at nighttime while you should be asleep and you should be rejuvenating and all of the bad junk being removed from your system you're still wired up you're still juiced up you're you're you're, you're producing hormones you shouldn't be while you're sleeping and that's why you're going to build up this toxic material in your body and it can't clean itself you're going to end up with cancer um before we move on from this what do you do because obviously we all have routers and modems in our houses and all that stuff for for the wi-fi but what kind of devices are out there so that you can flip the wi-fi are you just pulling the plug on the router before you go to bed or is there any kind of a device that you can just flip a switch for the evening and then turn it back on like you know turn the light on in the Um, morning yeah so i specifically uh look for routers that i could that i can manually switch off um and 
so for the longest time uh, and i'll make a suggestion i no sponsorship here i just happen to be a first person shooter gamer who likes really fast routers and i came across the netgear xr 500 series and it actually has a button right on the top that says wi-fi you hold it for two seconds it turns it on light comes on i know wi-fi is on you hold the button for two seconds wi-fi off um, you can look it up yourself. I think it's the XR five hundred. I'll I'm gonna double check that. Well, let me ask quick. you this. Okay, so let's say you get into you get something like an XR five hundred. I'm just using it hypothetically. You get something yeah, like that, and you and you uh, you turn it on, you turn it off, whatever. Um, it, but you're you're still surrounded by neighbors who have Wi-Fi. How much is that going to affect you? Because I know that if I go on my my phone into my settings, whatever, I can see all the Wi-Fi available to me. I can. I can jump into a house two down from me with still maybe three or two or three bars and it's still available to me. So the range from other houses around us are overlapping. Uh, is, is it, you know, is it it's just bad? Okay. There's nothing, there's very little you can do about it. One of the best solutions you could do is um, when I lived out in Arizona, I'm in South Carolina. When I lived out in Arizona for a while, everybody had stucco houses. And I was thinking to myself, what wouldn't it be amazing that because because a Faraday cage is based on the gap of the cage is based on the frequency with which you want to block. So the higher the frequency, the smaller the hole is going to have to be. And most of these stucco houses use something similar to chicken wires. So that's that's chicken shit for you know blocking Wi-Fi and 5G and things like that. Good news, 5G barely can make it through walls as it is, so um, you're not really worried as much about that. But if you could actually coat the outside of your house in a wire mesh with a fine enough grain and then stucco, use that as your stucco base, you could pretty much, um, you'd also have to deal with the windows, but you could make a literal wireless block for your entire house. Short of that, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, we rent a place down at Myrtle Beach and we go down there for a week. And I call it hell week because for me, um, it's just, it's unbearable when I pull up the Wi-Fi. And here at my house, I can see two other Wi-Fis with a very weak signal. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hashtag blessed. Um, but then I go down to Myrtle Beach and I'm spending the week with my, you know, my family, um, extended family and my father and my mother. Um, and I, I pull it up and I see 40 to 50 Wi-Fi's and literally we're a block from the beach, which is lined with um, hotels, apart, you know, hotels. And you see at the very top of the hotels, and this would scare the shit out of me. There's literally a 5G mast right there on the top of the hotel, sometimes like on the wall at the top of the hotel. So it can face out and use see, some poor fool is sleeping in a bedroom that is on the top floor with a 5G cell phone tower, which also has four and three and two. It's all the G's, all those G's gigawatts of energy getting shot up their ass all night long i i mean i cannot imagine that you got to bring a Um, lead blanket i mean seriously like they do make taser suits um that might be effective might be a little uncomfortable to sleep in 
Um, but yeah, they, I, I've seen grounding mats for, um, beds. There's all kinds of, you, you name it. Somebody's making it. There's a, there's people making EMF blocking paint, but they're, they're missing the whole point that, you know, if, if you paint the whole fucking wall with EMF blocking paint and you still got a window, you, you did nothing. You just bought some really expensive paint. So gotta get the curtains. It, you gotta get the curtains to go with the paint, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> the drapes match the. Oh god. Um, yeah, like I mean, seriously, like that's why the doctor puts the lead shield on you and gets the fuck out of the room at the dentist, where they're barely hitting you with a baby amount of um, you know, X-rays. Meanwhile, pilots are dying literally at the wheel because of radiation poisoning from flying in the in the air. Um, so, I mean, radiation's everywhere, whether it's nuclear radiation, whether it's galactic cosmic radiation, or whether it's electromagnetic radiation. Radiation, bad. You want to limit your exposure to it. And as far as EMF goes, the only solution that I know is to, to you know, you think about tribal civilizations and how they had these healing processes of burying people up to their neck in mud. That is earthing. That is grounding. That is something that's been around for thousands of years, but predates even electricity. But it heals, and it still works today. Um, and that's that's about the best advice I can give somebody. Limit your exposure. Understand that inside your box, which is your home, same thing as being in the car with the phone on, um, you know, and the Bluetooth, um, you know, in your dash. All of that stuff is inside a box and it's reverberating and it's being reflected multiple times before it makes it out to that tower and back. So similarly, if you have a high powered um, Wi-Fi in your house and you can drive down the block and still see your Wi-Fi, that's a problem. So not only do I turn mine off, I set it to the lowest power setting possible. And you can do this by going into your router settings things like that. There are steps you could take to mitigate your exposure to EMF. You just got to do your damn research, um, do a little homework. Um, and in the case of, you know, I just went to fiber optic. So long story short, I don't have my XR 500 anymore because my damn telephone co-op was bitching about it. They were saying, well, you know, you're not getting one gigabyte per second because you've got, this really expensive dual core gaming router that can do, you know, 50 gigabyte per second, but whatever. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll take your word for it. So I had to put my little thing in a box and then they gave me this little cube and I look at the tech and everybody should do this. If you don't, if you don't know how to do this, look at the tech and have them go to a computer or laptop in your house and show you how to log into it because I can go to my browser and I can type in 192.16.0.1 or .1.1 and hit enter and then type in admin and then whatever the password is and then go to Wi-Fi and then go to power off. And that's the way we do it now. So if my 13 year old daughter can go and click a, a favorite button on her, you know, Google Chrome and then log into a router and turn the Wi-Fi off and on 
then I'm pretty sure you can do it. Well, uh, let's. Uh, I, I hope that we all can. I, I got to talk to Lauren about this. I'm sure she's watching, and we'll see what we can do. I, I, I'm going to look into those drapes tonight. But here, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of different types of radiation there, and one of them was cosmic, solar, and let's do that because there's a couple of other stories that I saved just for you tonight. Moving into space and the sun, uh, we had this coronal mass ejection a couple of, last week. From what I'm reading, this could have been the big one everyone has been waiting for for a while. Um, Is this the one on the 23rd? Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, apparently it just missed us. It was on the other side of the sun, and this could have really did us a lot of problems. Um, Just to jump ahead a little bit, because this mimics all of the the fallout of an EMP attack, I, I have to imagine. You said that on previous episodes with me, you said that it would take only about $8 billion for the United States government to protect our grid from EMP attack. Is there anything that could have mitigated the kind of bombardment coming from the sun during the last CMA? Uh, No. Okay. So that, that, that would have been too much. So the thing about the thing about CMEs, if you, if you're talking about something on the scale of the Carrington event, now, the Carrington event was the largest on record, and we're long overdue for a Carrington event. This is a super massive coronal mass ejection. Um, let's just put it this way. When it happened, there were telegraphs that began tapping without anybody touching them, that the lines between the telegraphs caught on fire that the aurora borealis for those who don't understand what that is that's the aurora that you see in the north pole at the south pole is the south pole's of the aurora australis but regardless the aurora borealis that's normally only visible up in like alaska northern parts of canada um norway finland it was visible in florida jeez the reason why is because whenever the, thank you, Northern Lights in chat, let's keep it redneck for everybody. The Northern Lights were visible in Florida during the Carrington event. The, the Aurora is created because, you know, these strong electrons, these MEV electrons, as they're, they're called, um, millions of electron volts, um, the sun is powerful. When it farts CMEs, it's ultra powerful. When it's Carrington um, event, we're talking nuclear, thermonuclear war from the sun on us um, in today's modern society. Even if what we had talked about previously, 80, I think it was eight to around, somewhere around 30, maybe $40 billion. Let's go ahead and double that. Let's say $100 billion. Let's think about the defense budget of the United States. What are we defending exactly? Our livelihood? Are we defending the, you know, the petrodollar? Because, you know, if you say our money's worthless, we'll bomb the shit out of you. Are we actually defending the lives of people? Because if we took it seriously and understood that at any moment the sun could let out a monstrous rip fart and it would destroy everybody on this planet simultaneously, you would not die that day. 
But let me give you a picture of what this looks like. Very quickly, the internet's out, the water's out, the power's out, all supply lines are out. Every single nuclear reactor on the planet would melt down simultaneously. At least at the minimum, if we're lucky, it'll only be sun facing side. So if we're talking around 400 nuclear reactors in the world, let's just say half, okay? So half of the nuclear reactors in the world are gonna get directly hit by that EMP, electromagnetic pulse. That's what a coronal mass ejection is. Same thing, the same thing would be true if that Chinese balloon had a small nuclear device on it. When that spy balloon came over America at 60,000 feet, if it detonated a small thermonuclear device, it would create an electromagnetic pulse that would be localized to the United States. Either way, the Heritage Foundation did a report on this and said that in the case of a high altitude electromagnetic pulse or a coronal mass ejection, that two thirds of Americans would die within six months. And I want that to sink in. So if we're talking, I'm, I'm gonna be generous and say $100 billion to put in circuit breakers. The same damn thing I've got connected right here to this computer in my house. I got an uninterrupted power supply. Everybody probably that, that's watching this has got a circuit breaker somewhere. You got a little power strip and what it does Lightning bolt hits, you don't want to fry your expensive ass television. So you put a little circuit breaker in between. Then there's a circuit breaker for the whole house. And then outside the house is another circuit breaker. Why? Because they don't want you to burn your house to the ground. So why the hell are there not circuit breakers on our internet? On the power lines, the power grid, especially protecting our nuclear reactors. Because God forbid, a little bit of water went into Fukushima and it destroyed the cooling pumps, which then caused the meltdown, which then caused Fukushima to never be inhabitable again, despite any of the propaganda and bullshit you've heard. So you're saying so, that eight, the $8 billion that you talked about to, to, to shore us up from any kind of uh, tactical assault or mistake uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess a mishap or whatever, it would just need to be a little bit more, but there is a, there is a way to give ourselves some decent protection against a solar event. If you put in, especially in the major, you know, major power grid systems, um, in, in any kind of SCADA system, um, if you put in proper protection, circuit breakers, trip, you know, little trip wires that could, you know, uh, we could, we, we will know, you know, I mean, honestly, in the event of the Carrington event, I think it was about a five to seven minute window between the guy who literally saw these sunspots, saw it erupt and it actually hit. That's how fast the wind, the solar wind was moving. So this can move at incredible speed. So we would have to have detection systems in space that could then alert people who were not asleep, you know, 
definitely wouldn't be the White House on this one. And it would have to be an automatic kind of system. And even if you built that kind of system, then that's, you know, hackers, you know, just saying. I, I know some people who know some people who could probably then violate that kind of system. So it would have to be a system of manual overrides. Um, and I don't know how you could even pull that off. This world is so fractured, you know, um, but you would have to build in at least to like critical infrastructure, like nuclear reactors. It's automatic. You know, it's just auto magic. The second that it, you know, senses a higher voltage that within a nanosecond, it can flip those switches, snap everything loose. And then, cause this is going, it's going to pass very quickly. It just has to be there in working and proper order for that five minute window. If it's not, that's our ass. Hmm. And I mean, the fact that there, there are so many nuclear armed countries that it doesn't take, you know, a random farting from the sun these days. This could be man-made Armageddon. The bomb doesn't have to even touch the ground. If it goes off in space, like Operation Starfish Prime, Hard Tactique, um, the Russians Project K, when they were doing high altitude, upper atmospheric, um, could you hear that whistle just Yeah, now? what the hell was that? Coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my tea kettle. Apparently, it's almost time to refill this jewel. Um, the wife didn't realize that the mic would pick that up, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but much like the sound of that whistle, it would be that quick and then boom, your life will be forever changed. You're not going to McDonald's today, baby. You're not calling DoorDash. You're not getting on Amazon. No Netflix tonight. Daddy's going to go have to have to go out hunting. And guess what? Who he's going to have to hunt? He's going to have to hunt neighbors to find out what food they have because everything's gone from the Walmart in the first three days. Yeah. And think about all you unprepared fuckers out there that don't have guns and ammo or just don't like guns. How are you going to protect your family? This is why the Heritage Foundation said two thirds of Americans would die within six months in the case of a high altitude electromagnetic pulse or coronal mass ejection like the Carrington event. It is top of my list. In fact, one of the very first articles I ever wrote was in 2008. And it was called Alone in the Dark. And I had this scary-ass nightmare about this scenario. And this is, you know, before Fukushima had happened. And I just, you know, was reading a deep, dark hole of the Internet while I was still a member of, of you-know-who. Um, you know, that guy. That guy. Well, yeah. you know, but listen, listen, we, we this, obviously, we've, we've, covered this from the EMP uh, standpoint before. This is the first time we're talking about an event that is originating from the sun, creating just as deadly and a worldwide, it's not a localized situation. It is a planetary situation. So um, uh, we're, we're pretty... I know, I know it's pretty yeah. stark, but you know it's all the same things apply. We know that there's only a week and a half, even a vat of food on the shelves, so that's not going to last very long. And then, and then, of course, it's just human nature. All the veneer of what we have here as a civilized society, though even that is going away now, um, is is going to be further stripped away, and then we're back to the jungle. But let me ask you this: 
because we only have about maybe, I don't know, 12 minutes or so, and I really would love to do this. Um, we have <clears throat> some highlights over here from a at least one person who's willing to put his face and his money out there for the cause, who's very, very uh, concerned about the, the, the relationship that the, the Earth has with its poles, with the sun, all that stuff. In the last two, month and a half, two months alone, I have heard people that have gone out there and say that they want to put moon dust moon dust between the mm. earth you were I, you might have been on one night and i told you about this they wanted to put like a a plastic bubble sheet the size of brazil in the yeah. this lagrange point it, it, it was a it was a graphene kite and then the world economic forum this actually originated from an mit guy and he said let's make a graphene umbrella at the lagrange point one and then that's when the World Economic Forum thought that this was such a good idea that they put it on their TikTok. They made a TikTok video about it. It's the size of Brazil. You can't make this stuff up. But yeah. So that's that's moon dust. And we had I had sent that to you because I found an NBC. Here, listen to this. This is about two minutes long. An NBC reporter somewhere that's trying to put this out into uh, into space and and I or try to. It, explain what the proposal is listen to this that's right you guys i dived a little bit deeper into this proposal and scientifically it makes sense it could work <laughs> however logistically it's got a lot of hurdles to talk about ultimately it is an idea and it's one way we can learn to uh. adapt so that we can prevent our planet from warming at that critical rate of two degrees celsius Let's talk about this proposal, though, and the scenarios that were involved with it. The first scenario involves what we call a Lagrange point. What is a Lagrange point? I'm glad you asked. Lagrange. Lagrange points are ultimately a point in space that acts like an equilibrium between two ZZ celestial top, bodies. Got it so right. if I threw something at one of these Lagrange points, it would ultimately hold into place. So this is the idea. L2 is one of the spots that we know. That's where a lot of our satellites are staying in place. But this one looks at L1, the position between the Earth and the Sun. The idea is to launch some type of station into L1's orbit, and it would be carrying some of this moon dust. As it releases the moon dust, it ultimately is creating a, a layer or almost a whole bunch of micro umbrellas that would be helping to reduce the amount of solar radiation and absorb some of that solar radiation before it actually reaches Earth. It only they're, they're putting sunglasses on the sun Jim, they want to put a pair of sunglasses on the sun. I mean, they go from a graphene condom floating in the sky to magic pixie dust from the moon, and and I love that. I love how he transitions into this would be astronomically expensive. You thought the New Green Deal was bad? Uh, wait till we start mining the moon for or just, shit. We could just shoot it from the moon instead of having to fly it from the moon after we mine it. I mean. Moon dust, oh, dude. It's just a couple more seconds, then we have to go to the other, the other, or the other rotting oyster. Be about two percent. Now, although this scenario was the most effective, it had some real big logistical issues. One, the expense. It would be astronomically expensive to develop something like this. <laughs> Plus, we need to develop the technology for it. Oh, see, it's so for so just when you get down to the the the, uh, the nuts and bolts here, Jim. This is literally a crayon imagination. This is yeah. a Crayola yeah. imagination thing. It doesn't even exist yet. We're talking Armageddon, Bruce Willis. Uh, we're talking Steve Buscemi in space. Yeah, totally. Uh, like, uh, And by the way, one sun fart 
and all that dust gets blown away. So it's literally like throwing trillions of dollars into a sun wood chipper and going, but we're saving you from global warming. Let's just keep freaking throwing. We need more more moon dust, more moon dust. Um, we're going to have to up your taxes again. Sorry. If you gave them $2 trillion to go and put moon dust over there in, in, in space, they would take the $2 trillion. They would say that they launched the rocket, and they wouldn't. And they would just go spend it on drugs. Something. They, 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 that would never happen. I, I played Skyrim, which is an Elder Scrolls game, and they called it Moon Sugar. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what they're talking about here. They want your money. <laughs> So they can get some moon sugar. <laughs> Here, I I have a I have a video now of you watching George Soros talking about how he's really um he's very very concerned about about uh, about reconstituting. Before, before you play this, so you sent me the video on the moon dust thing. Yeah. So of course I wanted to cover this, and I made a video. It says George Soros geoengineering at Climate Viewer on YouTube. You can watch the whole video. So. I put the moon dust thing in at the end just to show how the, the hilarity of all this. But George Soros talked to a guy who knows a guy who's a, who used to talk, um, advise the royalty in um, the United Kingdom. And he's a climate science guy. And he says that the North Pole, you know, all the air used to circulate like this. And then where we live, you know, it circulates like this. But these two circulations, they've gotten mixed up. And he's got a plan to fix it by launching clouds in, in you know, above the North Pole. And that could fix the whole thing. And, and this is something George Soros wants to throw some money at. And I'm reading this story and I'm like, son of a bitch, it's that. Soros guy again. But then I went into georgesoros.com and I found the original source of all the articles that were hitting the internet and found the video of him actually saying this at the Munich whatever. Um uh, yeah, I just M- Munich, secu- yes, Munich Security Conference. And he was talking yeah. about Sir David King, the former UK special envoy to climate change. And, and as you said, they want to be able to 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 make ice in the arctic circle again they want to reconstitute the arctic so they're going to do it here's uh here's a little bit of his statement as you'll see there's jim in the in the bottom right corner and and here it is wicked wicked george say it himself um george take it away the melting of the in greenland ice sheet affects uh, 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 um, Oh. Oh my God. Come on, you can get it together, George. Come on. Increase the level of the oceans by seven meters. Oh. That poses a threat to the survival of us of a civilization. Oh my gosh! Oh, I was willing to accept that fate. He's got so a sheet of paper right in front of him. I know. Whether oh. anything could be done about it. Oh. I was, if I was this old, I'd be like, 
I don't give a fuck if the Arctic is melting. <laughs> That's your problem. Yeah. I mean, seriously, because polar bears and shit. He's like, uh, uh, somebody really wants me to do this nefarious, evil thing. Uh, where the fuck? Uh, let me look at this fucking sheet of paper. I mean, he just, he has no clue what's going on. Dude, like, you read it. In, in an article and you, you get one impression of it and then you go digging a little bit and you're like you gotta be fucking kidding me I've never heard George Soros speak before this mm-hmm. that's uh, and I'll claim complete ignorance on that you know just cause uh, you know he already does enough things to make me want to throw up I, but I just couldn't help myself and when I when I heard it I was like damn it we thought Joe Biden was bad um yeah, no, it's not. It's an eye opener. That's all I can say, man. It is. It really is. And I, I gotta say, I don't know what they're what they're trying to do. What what, what it, obviously it's all about. Hey, well, we have an idea, and we were so very concerned about one thing or another. Here's the bill. Deposit the money in this account, and we'll tell you how it goes. And of course, in uh, fifteen or twenty years, they'll tell you things are still very bad, and we need another re up of our of our funds. It's just. It, it, it's just it, it never ends but you know what well, it, I, I'll, I'll leave you with this idea and, and i did not know this but the very next video i put out on youtube um again at climate viewer on youtube um is called one atmosphere this came out in february 2023 from the united nations a geoengineering research um governance and deployment plan so you got the united nations with Ken Caldera, Jim Haywood, and a bunch of other dumbass people that, you know, have had a, I've, I've dealt with Ken Caldera for since 2012. Um, these people, you know, work for Bill, Bill Gates, um, you know, fund for energy, fund for innovative climate energy research, Pfizer. He handed out Bill Gates money to all these other people to study geoengineering. So of course the United Nations gets him up there and they, they ask these six fundamental questions about how to get to a place where they can geoengineer the planet. And then you've got George Soros magically same time saying, I have a plan from Sir King David, the dude, because so-and-so told me so. And since this is the newest thing for, like, controlling all the water on the planet and really fucking with the normal you know, average human, I'm all in. And I w- I piss that kind of geo. This isn't moon dust money. This is just making clouds over the North Pole, you know. Um, so it's, it's not a coincidence. I mean, you got Soros jumping right on the bandwagon right after the United Nations drafts the one atmosphere proposal. Um, and th- that's what I try to look at these long-term trends with these geoengineering madmen. Um, they do not care about public opinion. They do keep pushing this green energy at all costs. And, oh, if you don't do it at the rate that they want you to, then geoengineering bitches. And the reason I bring this up is because it goes back to Dr. Evil Lowell Wood. Lowell Wood at Pacific Northwest um, uh, Lawrence Livermore National Lab, he invented the hydrogen bomb. Or as he put it, the bomb that was so scary it would never be used. He also is the root 
of all modern geoengineering push that started in 1994 when he um, published some papers after the Mount Pinatubo eruption and him and Ken Caldera, um, Lowell Wood, Edward Teller, and uh, Roderick Hyde published this at, at the international, you know, emergency meeting. And he is, he's one of those sick people that develops the world's scariest weapons, okay? If he came up with the idea of geoengineering as a threat, it makes sense. So putting a freaking condom in space, magic pixie dust from the moon, George Soros is going to cover the whole North Pole in clouds. We're going to block out the fucking sun if you don't buy our green energy agenda. That is their thing. It might increase the likelihood for people to avoid um, mitigation options. So if they don't stop polluting with their CO2 and, and switch to green energy, then we're going to geoengineer. It is a it's a threat. It literally is a threat. And then and then of course there's all the uh, attached to that the unintended consequences. Uh, people you know, they 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 gravitate toward the things that we opened up with the solar the the wind power which are wholly insufficient when it when it comes to holding up society as we have become used of used to having available to us and then when it starts killing people and animals alike they deflect away from it no it's just a conspiracy theory well i'm happy that you were here to help us talk about all the conspiracy theories uh in the of our time i've, I've got i've got a hold on, let me grab my i gotta grab my tinfoil hat uh, all right we're good, we're that? good. that's a burger king. that's a burger king hat that's Tell me this isn't tinfoil. No, that's paper, man. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna be able to do anything with that. You're screwed. Fuck. I know. I'm, I'm fucked. I, I'm, right. Hey, listen. I've got wool. I'm done, I'm done with this, man. I know tinfoil, and I know quality tinfoil. And my six-year-old daughter told me this was a. She evil. did it. She did it. All right. Fun. I'm done with you, Frank. Jim. You have a great night. And and chat. Fuck you, too. I see you over there. I haven't told the chat a good fuck you tonight, but uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. I love you guys. Frank, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Jim. Oh, my God. Y'all check check me out on YouTube, Climate Viewer, climateviewer.com. Love you, mean it. Always love coming on here with you with Frank. Oh, and, yeah. Um, By the way, we, uh, we, we have a... Um... We have a, a lot of people have been taking note behind. We only have like two more seconds, so I have to make this quick, but it's very important. People have been taking a note that you have an ass statue on your shelf behind you underneath the anonymous. Oh, yes, I do. That's a, Whose ass is that? That's my secret. Okay. So we noticed it. There's a marble, there's a marble ass. It is my ass, okay? I admire my ass. I've been my 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 wife has been watching RuPaul's Drag Race lately, and um, my daughter and my wife want to both put me up in drag. Um, I think I'd make a very sexy bitch, and yes, that that's my ass. Okay, so that you actually had a marble a marble uh, hit somebody. Yes. Now, did you have to pose for somebody as they sculpted it out of marble, or did they you you just provided them a a cast a mold a picture? <laughs> I was pre I was shrunk 
for a brief oh, moment of time, gotcha. and and it just made it much easier it's, that way. It just puts I, you. I, I know people who know people. Put you in pickle juice. If you have, if you ever want to be shrunk for a moment, and uh, cast in uh, bronze, we can make that happen. Well, we can also send you up to the Arctic shelf because there's a there's. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more chilly up there soon, and everything shrinks in the cold. All right, man. Thank you, Jim, and send the best. Send our best to your family. Uh, you know it, buddy. I appreciate you. Take care, bro. Later, man. There you go. Jim Lee, climateviewer.com. You got to check up with him on his wonderful website that he has been consolidating. And then also there is uh, there is his YouTube. And I really i am working on it. But once he gets his studio finished and he starts doing his Tuesday night broadcast, I would like for him to be the after show on Tuesday nights. So we're going to 2023, I told you, is going to be a time of bringing in live interactive shows on the network like it was in yesteryear. Let's go through our super chats. No, no time for an intermission tonight, fellas and ladies. First one up is from Fishhead Montana. Says, I'm going to let you guess exactly how much of that heliocentric fear porn I believe in. That said, preparing is clearly pinnacle advice. Good job. Okay, so let's move on over to, quite frankly, superchat.com. Fifth Wall Radio says, the story of my devotion to everything QF, quite frankly, is email length and forthcoming. For now, I will offer the deepest gratitude and appreciation for you and your bright, shiny chat. The amount I give will not go through, so this is a little first install installation. Oh, well, fifth wall, thank you so much for that. That's very kind, and I can't wait to get your email. I love the emails that I receive. I especially enjoy my little uh, sporadic weekend sessions of clearing out the inbox and writing back to people, and I'll be looking out for it. Thank you. And um, let's see what else we have here. Over on Phil, uh, Foxhole, filled.net. That doesn't sound like a nice place to be. Uh, but on pilled.net, which is a great place to be, we have some super chats. Thank you so much, Matt1776, the creator of pilled.net, for becoming a subscriber today. C. Blanche, thank you. Uh, Van Halen. Says, for the scorpion's power. That's right. Opening up with scorpions is always nice. I can open up with whatever I want when I'm not on YouTube. I'm sure Twitch will have a problem with it, too, but whatever. Youper Viking says, I'm all for the headbangers ball done, frankly, style. Love you, mom. Youper's shouting out her mom. And, yeah, we'll do some kind of frankly bangers ball something. Frankly bangs a ball. I don't know what this means. But it's going to be fun to do some to some music. It's just drop, dropping in, do a special hour. Got to get my my music DJ personality together. Alan Wrench, thank you. Youper again says, hey, Frank, any chance Behold a Pale Horse could be a book club? God bless. You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Behold a Pale Horse is, is a wonderful book, but it's not like a, it's like an encyclopedia. You know? It's great to have. It's a wonderful resource. We can talk about specific chapters. But, you know, book club, you got to have some kind of a... I like fiction for a book club. Especially if it's, as Malachi Martin would say, faction. Where there's just a little bit, uh, maybe historical, nonfiction, historical fiction. I would love to read Devil in the White City with this audience. I'll put that on the, on the list for 2024. That would be great. You'd all, we'd all learn a lot... All learn a lot. 
Devil in the White City, but it's it's put into a really nice narrative. So maybe we'll do that in 2024 for sure. Uh, Sean Joe, C. Blanche, Boys Blanc. Keith says, great mental MMA opening and segue to an always great guest. Jim is wonderful. Thank you, Keith. Sherry in Pittsburgh, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you. Rook Castle says, postmodernism sucks. Indeed it does. It has offered us nothing to write home about so far. Uh, Amazon, Jim Lee knows. Thank you. Thank you. And now a whole sleeve of cookies from Stostube. And Alan Wrench at the bottom says, there's nothing like verbal abuse from the guest. Well, you know, you guys have that relationship with Jim. There's always somebody throwing shade at him, and he loves it. It's like scratching a dog's belly. So he just jumps right back at you. And I guess he he realized that he hadn't fought with anybody in the audience yet. And so he just went to war with everybody for a moment. So I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, that's all we have for tonight. Okay, I released the scratching over there. We did Rockfin, we did, quite frankly, Super Chat, all the gold pills, and we're good. That's it. All right, I have got to skedaddle. Here's a couple more articles I could have gotten you to tonight. This is one is from Reuters. Scratched EV battery, your insurer may have to junk the whole car. So they're talking about for electric vehicles, there's no way to really repair for most of them, there's nowhere to repair or even assess even slightly damaged battery packs after accidents. It might just be a total. You might be totaled. And then here's another one. This is from not too long ago. Ford CEO. This is from two, three days ago. Ford CEO reveals electronic vehicles, electric vehicle reality. America cannot continue to import batteries or earth minerals. Ford builds EV plant in Tennessee despite a $3 billion profit loss expectation in 2023. So that means uh, for this to even keep up, they have to continue to have access to Africa, the Middle East, uh, Ukraine. Ukraine is a huge source of rare earth minerals and all that other stuff. So two things for tonight just wanted to throw that on out there but in the meantime i have to go start book club i hope many of you are there to hang out with us it's the second to last episode for brave new world and tomorrow we'll be live on here at seven o'clock for our tuesday night show we are doing pressure makes diamonds because it's going to be a shorter show than this one so i want to make sure that we do one topic and hear from as many people as possible see you then thank you again to jim lee and right into the show, become a sponsor of the show. All the links to do that are in the description of this episode, or you can go to quitefrankly.tv, go to the Sponsor Us section on the site, and see what works for you. As little as $2 a month. I, I love welcoming new sponsors, and everybody gets wonderful, wonderful perks, no matter what tier you get into. So we'll talk to you all tomorrow, and thanks again for tonight. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Fifth Wall Radio. And over there on Foxhole, so many wonderful uh, people throwing in. And over, oh, wait, wait a second. Did we have any? Okay. None on Rumble. No Rumble rants. So we'll see you all tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>